This is Voicemail, the Universal Postal Union's podcast covering the wonderful world of mail. I'm your host, Ian Kerr. In this episode, I speak with some of the new private partner members of the UPU's Consultative Committee, as well as Alexander Terence-Fanberg from the UPU, about the opening up of the Consultative Committee and how the postal world can benefit. Joining me is Alexander Thurn Svanberg. He is the secretary of the UPU Consultative Committee. Alexander, welcome. Tell us, uh, what were the main reasons behind the committee's restructuring and, and opening up to private partners? The main reasons behind the committee's restructuring was and opening up to the private partners was simply based on the fact that if in a consultative committee, uh, uh, supposed to or expected to represent the form uh, of the private sector at uh, the UPU, uh, an intergovernmental organization, a UN specialized agency. Uh, of course, um, the re- main reason was that if you only have industry associations, if you only have uh, a designated operators uh, in there, it makes it difficult to actually uh, get the voice of the private sector heard. Imagine yourself, if you are an industry association with 50 or 100,000 members, and um, that association is in the consultative committee, how well do you think that all their members can be represented uh, in the UPU consultative committee? So one of the main reasons was to actually get really the voice from the private sector and the individual companies. A decision was taken at last Congress of the UPU, the 27th Congress, and made it possible actually for private sector companies to join. And that was uh, in order to get a better interaction, a a better um, place for the foreign sector to actually get their voice heard. In this new consultative structure, how do the companies fit into that? Are they organized under subcommittees or chapters? Can you just share a little bit about how that's structured, please? Okay. Uh, Thank you for that question. Um, You see, uh, what's interesting here is that let's not confuse or uh, mix up two concepts here. The consultative committee went through a transformation Uh, which is different from the opening up of the UPU. Uh, So going back uh, to the first um, uh, um, point that I made, um, the the transformation of the UPU needed uh, a new structure to be able to uh, fit into the UPU's organization and structure. So (coughs) the UPU Consultative Committee, in order to be heard, needs a, 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 a structure which is similar to the structure by which the Postal Operations Council and the Council of Administration is using to uh, uh, discuss, report, uh, and make progress on. And of course, now that we have private sector companies in the building coming in, they need to have a mirror uh, and uh, of the structure, the already existing structure. So we are organized in six thematic chapters, And in these thematic chapters, you have a chapter rapporteur or chapter leader, if you wish, uh, that will organize the work accordingly and will structure the work based on the different thematic chapters. And then you have chapter members, and they are the one who will influx, provide input, expertise, knowledge, 
uh, into uh, the, that work stream of each and one of the thematic chapters. That should lead to a document, maximum three pages, same uh, approach as the PUC and CA structure. And that should be, that document, a three page, should be the official opinion of the consultative committee. Now, this is expected to be uh, given to the um, uh, to the different working groups of the PUC and CA for their reflection. They should have a look at it, review, and see what is it in there that we did not capture that actually makes sense that the private sector uh, came up with. And then they can input it into their documents that then goes to the committee, uh, uh, the committee level and the plenary level where uh, the different decisions are taken. So it's really, um, you add on a layer and the private sector can actually provide input to the PUC and the CA. And then you're talking a lot about this idea of engagement, really, aren't we? With it, engaging with the private sector. And in this episode, we're chatting with a couple of private sector players who are part of this process. From where you sit, Alexander, how do you see that this this change will impact the development of sort of the broader postal sector as we go forward? So the, the, the change will actually um, happen according to the six thematic chapters. And the six different chapters are policy and regulations, right? And that goes under the flag of the council administration mainly, but also uh, to a certain degree, Postal Operations Council, the standards board. Uh, and then we have freight and transport. We have customs and product security. We have addressing and direct marketing, which are all these uh, thematic chapters are linked to different various groups. And it is expected that the change uh, will come uh, to the wider uh, postal uh, uh, stakeholders. It will come through uh, their input, because if you only have designated operators in a room making up decisions or reflecting upon certain uh, issues uh, related to operational, postal operational, they will only provide the designated operator, will only provide the perspective of the designated operator. And that makes sense. So if you bring in the perspective from the, uh, the private sector, it will enrich the dialogue and it will most certainly provide a more holistic approach to the issues that are being decided upon at the UPU. And so if a private sector operator is listening to this and is interested in getting involved, are the, are, are the doors still open? Um, the, the doors will be open to all extended postal sector players as long as they bring added value into uh, the UPU. This is a place of exchange of ideas, competencies, uh, of technology, and it can only be uh, a positive thing that we get new sector players in, we may have to extend the number of thematic chapters or create subcategories of the thematic chapters. Because if you have a thematic chapter that's called e-commerce, it is extremely broad. So we will be bound to open up even in the thematic chapters, but we want to provide the input in a very structured way to make the historical members of the UPU and I'm speaking, of course, about uh, the designated operators, make them feel uh, um, secure, safe that we, and when I say we, I'm speaking on behalf of the, of the private entities that have now joined and will continue to join, make them comfortable that it's actually bringing, uh, uh, at the end of the day, added value to the discussions. So we are growing at a rate which is quite impressive. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, 
it's new members every week. And, and we have, uh, when we were in Frankfurt, somebody told us in the audience that, well, you seem to be very Euro uh, and North America centric. Uh, and someone, what about Africa? What about Asia? And now, yesterday, the director general of the UPU uh, signed on uh, a new member, uh, which is actually a company that's called African Development Solutions. And it's a very important uh, um, uh, a company in Africa uh, based in Senegal. Uh, they have actually different uh, um, uh, um, uh, presence in many different African countries. But uh, it's only growing and it's very, very uh, uh, positive. It certainly does sound like the UPU is embracing a new dynamic stage with growth and new perspectives coming into the organisation and I'm sure we'll all be interested to see how this continues to evolve and how the sector and even the broader community that our sector serves is able to, to benefit from these changes. Alexander Turnsvanberg from the U4U, thank you very much for joining us on the Voicemail podcast today. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Joining me now is Egon Vermaay from Aurora. And Egon, Aurora has recently joined the UPU Consultative Committee. Can you tell us a bit about that? What led Aurora to take this step? Aurora, we are developing uh, software for comp compliance and customs. So basically, and uh, we are already working with uh, some of postal operators already. And uh, we are building up our solutions based on data and data standardization. And I think this is a key. Uh, we put our knowledge, tech knowledge, uh, customs knowledge, uh, machine learning knowledge, and also IT knowledge into one. And we help companies, uh, postal companies, to get rid of this burden, how to build up uh, IT systems. So, and this is what we are doing. And we see it's a great opportunity for us especially, uh, because uh, we are getting more closer to understand postal world better, to understand the standards better, and help them to go through this change of their business processes when we provide our solutions for them. So you've just talked about these challenges in cross-border, especially when it comes to custom codes and all of the new laws and regulations that are coming into place. What are some of the pain points or some of the challenges that you're seeing in the postal world in relation to all of these things? I think uh, the difficulty is actually that uh, the, there are coming new regulations all the time. And to keep up your organization, it's quite difficult and also complex when we talk about cross-border. And especially when there are different solutions like DDP, DDU, how you, how you manage it. So, and we are here to help the postal companies to provide their, our solutions and hopefully uh, we, we can build our solutions even better for the postal community. One of the challenges in the postal world is that posts deal with everyone from large e-commerce players through to you know, grandparents sending presents to grandchildren in another country. So can Posts access all of these sorts of technologies? Um, well, how can they easily access these sorts of technologies? Actually, it all comes down to standardization, actually, because the data flow is more or less the same, but the products or the processes behind it are different. So this is where we come and help you. 
Now, returning to the theme of the UPU and the UPU Consultative Committee, what, um, what do you see as maybe the role of Aurora and the other new members of the committee? Or even what do you think that you can provide um, the organisation as a whole as part of your involvement in, in the UPU Consultative Committee? I, I think it's a, it's a great and brave move that, uh, that UPU has done, that they're opening the doors, actually. And what you are getting is you're getting different IT companies. Some, of our, some are competition to us anyway, but you have the choice now. And, and you can choose. And, uh, and, and these IT companies can ease, ease uh, you with your business processes. We can build up, because we are mainly focused on developing IT software. So, and I think this is, uh, and we are moving quite fast. So this is what we can put on the table and, and de deliver to the postal world. You just mentioned moving quite fast. That's a, a, a challenge that's thrown up by the e-commerce world now, isn't it? And the cha you mentioned the changing regulation. So just in closing, is there one thing that you could say, well, here's how a post or a postal operator or even a postal regulator who wants to understand the postal world, how we can react quickly to this changing environment? I can give you some examples. We, we, we have just finished uh, with, uh, with, with uh, one postal, uh, postal uh, we have built some collection, tax collection solutions. So uh, from, from beginning, from the first meeting to deliver, it took us three months. So. Basically, the product is there, and they are using it as a white label. Or we have another partner. Uh, we have built uh, for them export control uh, for dual-use goods. So, and we are covering now US, UK, and Europe. So, and uh, the whole process with them took four months. So, so basically, so this is what I talk about. It's it's fast. Uh, what, what it means? It's not only understanding the uh, the requirements and standardization, but also the development goes there. And this is what we can really deliver because, as I mentioned, we have the competence who understands the uh, compliance side, we have the competence who understands the uh, IT side, and also we are using, uh, a, as, as I mentioned, a lot of data that we are using machine learning that actually can take care of this uh, huge amounts of data, uh, also the different languages and, uh, and, uh, and the different uh, uh, areas of the world. Egon Vermeyer from Aurora, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much. I'm joined by Andriy Shapovalov of Stampstack. Stampstack is a member of the UPU Consultative Committee. Tell me, Andre, what led to the decision to get involved in the UPU in this regard? Well, for us, this is an evolution of the relationship with the UPU, which started in 2020 when we've joined the Dot Post group uh, as an associate member and uh, with our quite uh, very innovative or you could say a cutting edge technology proposal to the UPU at that time. It gave us really an opportunity to get introduced to the industry players, to the designated postal operators, and that allowed us in that time over the past two years to build certain level of trust and acceptance by the postal operators. But Dude Post is still a more technological cybersecurity, I would say focused uh, group within the UPU. And uh, uh, after uh, getting the, the information, the news about the uh, consultative committee opportunities for us. We definitely thought that this is the direction to go because 
we need to be heard wider and on a higher level. And this is what I expect that uh, the membership at the consultative committee will definitely help us to be uh, to be heard by every postal operator uh, in a trusted way. And uh, uh, we definitely hope for a good business uh, development as well. So tell us a little bit about the kind of technologies that your company works in. Well, Stamsdark is the vision that we have, and the, the, this is the vision that we preach into the to the postal industry, is to create. I mean, Stamps has a huge heritage, and this heritage can be monetized using the blockchain technology, the NFT so-called format, uh, uh, and and uh, with this, I would say, opportunity of a lifetime possibility, the posts have a possibility to establish a good revenue lines of the assets that's already sitting on the shelf uh, for hundreds of years, uh, close to one million stamps. This all can be made into uh, digital format. And what we have offers on top of that is StampDuck is developing an entertaining and rewarding model for the collectors, because that's what technology allows compared to, to the uh, uh, traditional stamp collecting, which is feasibly not possible to create any type of global contests or, or, or real systematic uh, uh, gaming opportunities, in other words. So it's an interesting combination there of a couple of things that we're struggling with in the postal sector, which is the idea of modernizing at the same time, keeping hold of that heritage, isn't it? Yes, because it, it's, it's cool. I mean, the heritage is great. You should not lose it. You should transform it and develop it further. Now, returning to the, uh, your membership of the Consultative Committee or the, the UPU Consultative Committee, tell us a bit about what you think you can contribute or what you even might be able to get out of being part of this, uh, this organization. Well, we were lucky in a, in a sense that there are six chapters within the, the Consultative Committee and Philately was in none of them which tells me a lot how important the philately is to the postal industry, quote unquote. Uh, so this is exactly what we want to change. And, and we got, I would say, uh, a sub chapter definition uh, within the direct marketing uh, uh, section. And uh, uh, our, we are now being, uh, I would say, uh, appointed as a, a rep rapporteur of the sub-chapter, and this is the opportunity we want to use to drive the industry into believing again into philately, making it profitable, and really creating, a, in our humble estimation, $25 billion market in 10 years where everybody participates and where everybody uh, benefits from. Andrei Shapovalov from Stampsack, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, thank you very much. I'm joined by Yuichiro Ishibashi from Toshiba. Toshiba is well known in, as a technology provider, sorting equipment and the like. But tell us a little bit about how you've interacted with not just the postal world, but the UPU in past projects. Yes, uh, actually the, back to the 1960, uh, we started uh, this uh, business. At that time, we just only focused to the, the domestic mail processing. At that time, uh, we are not uh, familiar with the UPU itself, but uh, uh, we need to say 
uh, keep the some such uh, certain regulation. Uh, uh, based on that regulation, we can uh, make uh, our product or system. Uh, in uh, say, in the beginning of our business, uh, that's it. But uh, uh, probably the, uh, in these days or in the future, we need more uh, deeper communicate with utilities uh, because the uh, uh, world is more internationally. So that means that, uh, many items uh, go back and forth to the, uh, between the each country. So that time, that time we need more. Uh, we need to know more. Uh, international uh, circumstances or regulation or uh, uh, international standards, especially when it's talking about cross-border parcels and even even cross-border letters. So when you're talking about these international standards, was it just for letters or just for parcels or for both? What 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 sort of okay. items were you were you talking uh, about? Sometimes that the both. So especially for the in recently, the, uh, as you everybody knows, uh, the letters or flats uh, volume uh, declining and but and it's, uh, simultaneously the parcel packet volume is dramatically uh, increasing. So uh, of course, later our flats will not be zero, but uh, uh, maybe the constantly continued. So the, uh, we don't forget about uh, later, later and flats, but uh, uh, more need to more concent, uh, concentrate to the parcel packet uh, area. I think this is interesting because it underlines the importance of a private sector player like Toshiba, especially in a technology provider, having an understanding of the, the, the structures and the agreements that are in place to facilitate mail pieces, whether it's, you know, the, as you just said, the, the letter mail or the parcel mail. So it's a really interesting discussion then about the importance of technology and the standards that go along with those cross-border mail items. Um, and again, the importance of those partnerships between technology players and the bodies such as the UPU. Yeah, so uh, uh, probably uh uh, to, uh, to open discussion or uh, to exchange the information uh, from uh, UPU side and uh, uh, private side is very important. Probably uh, uh, from UPU side to provide us to some uh, idea or plan for some regulation or some other uh, standard, uh, standardization. But uh, uh, simultaneously, our private sector can provide some uh, new technology or future technology. So uh, such mixture, uh, we can consider about the more efficient or more good solution or uh, more good operation for everyone. For everyone, not only for the postal operator, but also some consumers or uh, some socials. Yuichiro Ishibashi, thank you very much for joining us on the UPU Voicemail podcast.
You've been listening to Voicemail, the official podcast of the Universal Postal Union. Subscribe to the podcast on your favourite podcast platform and you'll get each episode downloaded to the device of your choosing as it's released. My thanks to the team at the UPU for their help putting together this episode. I'm your host, Ian Kerr, and I look forward to your company next time on Voicemail, the podcast of the UPU. Music